your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO. Underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you so much for making the Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen of the day, even though it's probably a bit late at night, but we'll also have another one tomorrow as well. Coming on today, good friend Doug Glackey. I was supposed to do a crossover with Locked On Flames, Jess Balmosto, but uh, she's feeling a bit under the weather. We're hoping to do that potentially tomorrow on Friday's episode or sometime next week. I'm also planning on having Josh Yoey from The Athletic on next week to talk, talk some Penguins and see what he has for the show. But, Doug, figured I would have you on to talk about the first, I guess, week, week and a half of the Penguin season. And, you know, in, in good Penguins terms, this team is never boring. There is so much news already. Uh, how are we doing today? Yeah, um, crazy week so far. Um, crazy first week. Um, to say the least. Yeah, to say the least. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize that, Je- that what happened to Jeff Carter until um, late this afternoon. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, man. like This this is really pushing everyone to the limit here. You know, in case anyone did not see, Tristan Jari and Jeff Carter are in COVID protocol. Jeff Carter tested positive and is asymptomatic. Uh, the entire team is vaccinated, I believe, at this point. I know Hextall said before the season that they had one that was not, but he was expected to be by the season start. So... Uh, that makes this even more weirder that there's a little bit of an outbreak with everyone being fully vaccinated. Um, Tristan Jari, I'm not sure, um, it has tested positive. He's just in the protocol because I think he's probably a close contact, though. There are rumblings that he was the player that was not vaccinated before the season. So um, I don't know how true that is. I saw that from a couple people that I know. Um, he might be vaccinated at this point because Ron Hextall said they would be by the season starts, but that might be the player um, that is not that was not vaccinated, um, at least. So, not great news there. Your first line center for this Saturday, Doug, is going to be Evan Rodriguez, centering Jake Gensel and I believe Danton Heinen. We'll go over the lines here in just a second, but um, that makes this matchup even a lot. Uh, that makes this matchup a lot harder to win now. Which means they're going to win. It's the Maple Leafs. It's your Leafs after all. So is this this might be a prime game that they lose. I'm taking the over on the puck line on Saturday. I genuinely believe they're going to destroy them. You know, they, they, they were so shorthanded, I think, on a matchup, I want to say two seasons ago, um, before the, the pause. And I'm pretty sure, um, uh, I'm trying to think who scored. He like just was claimed off waivers. Scored his first goal with the team, and I think put, was put on waivers right after. Who's was at that game. It was Stefan Nason. Stefan Nason, yeah. Yeah. He scores a goal, and then they went on to win that game like 5-3, and I think they were up 5-1, to one, and they were down like half the forward group. So, uh, And the funny thing was Pittsburgh dominated them for the first 40 minutes. So that's mm-hmm. going to be an interesting game. You know, Sidney Crosby is also not going to be playing. Um, there's really no update with him at this point. But just when you see that lineup, Doug, just anything – jump out at you when you see just all these forwards out and everything? I mean, 
you know, I always think like, oh man, this is bad, but nothing can be as bad as the uh, 2011, was it? It was the 2011 first round series against the Lightning where Richard yeah. Park was the second line center. Like nothing can be as bad as that. And nothing can be as bad as that one winter. I forget when it was, might've been 2014. It, it was probably 2013 or 2014 where they had literally the entire Wilkes-Barre-Scranton uh, defense core playing in Pittsburgh. Mm. Um, but man, I think, I mean, you know, I'm at a point now where I trust Mike Sullivan with my life and, um, you know, kind of just ride with him on a day-to-day basis. I think, I think this team's fine. Um, obviously the center depth is shot, but you know, you still have the Bluger line, which is going to shut teams down. Um, you know, they've been using that line to start games and shut the shut games down. Uh, late in the games as well, late in the game as well. Um, I mean, it sucks they don't have all their centers, but they still have a lot of their talented wingers. Obviously, not having Brian Russ is a big blow, but you know, your top nine winger core is still very, very good on paper. So yeah. that's that's a positive. And you know, Brian Boyle has looked decent so far. He's like, not Kowski. That was the bar that we needed to clear here. With that signing, as long as you're not as bad as him, um, it's fine. I mean, the lines you're speaking of, so Jake Ensel with Evan Rodriguez and Kasperi Kapanen, so he was elevated up. Aston Reese with Bluger and McGinn, you know Mike Sullivan was not going to touch that. Jason Zucker with uh, Drew O'Connor and Danton Heinen, which is a pretty decent third line, I would think, even when healthy. Dominic Simone with Brian Boyle and Sam Lafferty, so he draws in with that other injured player. And then Dumoulin Matang, Pedersen Marino, Matheson Ruedel. Um, is your defense. So those lines, definitely a whole lot of ugh, um, I guess, when you look at it. But you are right. Gensel and Captain on a line is still very nasty. You know what you're going to get with Aston Reese again. And then Heinen and Zucker have also been really good to start the season. It's just the centers need to come back ASAP. Hopefully, uh, Jari is just, you know, kind of a close contact thing where he tests negative and can come out of it really quick because we're going to get into that in our next segment, man. He's been awesome this season but you know i still feel like you're right you know i trust mike sullivan with my life they've gotten six out of eight points in their first four games they're right near the top of not just the metropolitan division standings but the overall standings as a league um and you honestly could make the case that they could be 4-0 right now and they very well <laughs> honestly should be they should have kept that lead against florida with eight minutes left and then they honestly should have won that game against dallas i thought they were the better team but that's what happens when you play the New York Islanders of the Western Conference. Um, but, and the, and, and the big thing is they're actually outplaying teams on a nightly basis. I think this is one of the, big, one of the biggest things I've seen from them this season. You know, a lot of people would have said, you know, they're going to be 1-3, right, Doug? They're going to be 0-4. They're going to be 0-5 after this game without Sid. But, you know, with the way they're playing, it, it wouldn't be surprising to see them win this game. And again, it will be a total Maple Leafs kind of wash just because of, you know, the David Ayers game and, you know, losing to Montreal. I know you're a little Leafs boy there. And, you know, just again, losing to Montreal went up three games to one and all the other times, you know, where it looks like they're going to win and that it just, you know, the ice comes up from underneath them or something like that. So um, I think this game is very winnable. Uh, and I think, you know, even with Casey DeSmith starting, you know, He's a good enough goalie where he can steal at least a win or two here in the interim. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, the um, game, the Florida game that he played in, was a bit of a track meet. But yeah. um, I mean, regardless of you know goalie regimes, goalie coaches, anything like Casey DeSmith has been solid throughout his entire tenure here. And you know, if he needs to start a stretch of like five games or so, I trust him. Um, yeah. Maybe even more. I mean, he's he's looked very good at times. I think he's the perfect complement to Tristan Jari. And I mean, even back back a couple years, uh, he was he was good with Murray too. I mean, they for whatever reason he's like the ultimate backup in the sense that he just like plays off of whoever the starting guy is very well and is able to give them a game or two here and there so that they're not starting like 75 games a year. Yeah. I mean, you don't even really see goalies start 60 games a year anymore. They're kind of a lot of them Mm -hmm. on platoons. You saw what happened last year with Montreal, right? Carey Price had a lot of his starts taken away, even though he was not that good. He was fresh for the playoffs. Look what happened. Guy goes on a run, plays like his 2015 self, heck even his 2016, 17 self where he was a heart trophy candidate that year. But I agree. I would trust him, you know, in a four to five game stretch. And um, he's a good enough backup. You know, we had people coming into this season, Doug, who thought that he could um, take the number one job away from Jari. You know, obviously I think right now that's going to be easier said than done with the way he's playing. We're going to get to that coming up in the next segment, but um, there really is not too much of a downgrade uh, from them. You know, I think maybe DeSmith is a bit smaller, which, you know, could favor some other shooters, but he also is potentially more athletic than Jari, but, you know, he should still be able to string together a couple wins when the team needs it. And I think you will see that here moving forward. I also will say, man, this game being at home is huge. They have six more games at home. I don't think I've seen them have an eight game homestand in probably a decade. It's been a very long time since that happened. I I guess the schedule just planned out that way. Um, But again, you know, coming up in the next segment, we'll go over Tristan Jari and as well, um, I want to get your thoughts on John Marino's hot start to the season. I know Jesse Marshall had his article with The Athletic earlier today. But um, before we do that, Bet Online is back and better than ever. There's a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and there's more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back here to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. So, Doug, I mean, I think he's been their best player to start. Tristan Jari, nothing. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Fourth and goal saved above expected at 5v5. If you go to Money Puck, second and goal saved above expected at Money Puck shorthanded, where he was dead last last year. Has a 935, 940 save percentage with, I think, a 1.5 goals against average. He is telling everyone from the Stanley Cup playoffs to shut the heck up, and including me. And I think I touched on this in my episode yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on this. I think it's time for people to... Put aside, you know, the, the pity grievances with him and just support him when he's playing good. I'm as, I'm as objective as I, how am I, how am I supposed to say this? I'm as objective as I can be. You know, I will call out players when they're playing bad. I will call out players when they're playing good. You know, right now, 
I will gladly say that he's playing awesome because he is. And I feel like people in this fan base that hate him so much need to be able to do that. But he has been a different goalie to start the season. You know, what have you noticed from him with those first three starts? Honestly, man, it's just confidence. Like he has a swagger to him. It's a complete, in my opinion, it's a completely different guy from the guy that we saw in April. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. And, you know, couple of guys who have won Stanley Cups in the couple past couple of years, you know, Matt Murray and Jordan Bennington, notably. Yeah. Um, those two have taught us that confidence is everything. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I think Jari can be as unfazed as the two of those were, guys were when they were at the height of their game. Um, I just, you know, I th- obviously we, there's no way to quantify this. Like I talked about this with Jesse Marshall on our pod, on my podcast the other night, there's no way to quantify it, but it seems like even in the shortest amount of time, Andy Shioto has done his thing. Like he's worked wonders with Jari and, um, you know, I think honestly, it's a completely different guy. Um, it's exciting. It's very encouraging. He has a really, really good defense in front of him too. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come out and say it. I would have killed to have had a defense of this caliber three or four years ago. Um, but, you know, that that is what that is. I mean, I would have killed to have in like 18 or 19 whenever they were running the whole Johnson good Branson sideshow. Oh, man, if but, they had the defense they have now against the Islanders, that series could have been a lot different. Well, yeah, and I mean – Exactly. That's the whole thing. But um, honestly, man, very encouraging returns on Tristan Jari. I'm still kind of cautiously optimistic with yeah. it because, you know, the last I mean, I'll come out and say it, the last time that I said in public forum that I was proud of Tristan Jari the night after he went and flipped the puck to Josh Bailey. So I'm not I'm just kind of like I'm here with it. I love that he's doing well but I'm not trying to get like super invested into it quite yet. Yeah. And you know, a redemption story takes, you know, a long time to finish. Obviously he's going to have to answer what happened in May. If the Penguins make the playoffs this year, I think that's going to be the big test. But if he plays well up until that point, I don't see why he couldn't play well again in the playoffs. So I'm going to support him for as long as he keeps playing well. He had some really beautiful saves in that Dallas game. I think there was a kick save, um, Late in the third period, there's a couple monstrous saves in overtime. I know he didn't have the best shootout. Probably needs to do some work there, but you know a lot of the games are not decided by shootouts anyway. Um, but you know, I just feel like some people need to realize that he's he's a man on a mission right now, and I'm really hoping he continues to prove a lot of people, including myself, wrong because you know obviously I was also someone who was calling for his head after that series. I could not believe that they were going to run it back, but Andy Kyoto has some devil magic going. Um, I think I see Jari playing a lot more out of his crease. He's looking bigger in the net. Um, And, you know, Kyoto is someone who, it looks like he's a perfectionist. He demands everything to be, you know, A-plus caliber. And I think you're seeing that right now. It's just, it seems like a totally different relationship than what he had with Mike Buckley. Um, Moving matters a little bit here, Doug. um, Let's let's, let's just discuss our good, good friend John Marino here. Um, what a season he's had to start. I think his sophomore slump can be described as over 
for the time being. When he's on the ice, the Penguins had 56% of the shot attempts. They have 100% of the actual goals. They have 50, almost 57% of the expected goals, 58% of the scoring chances, 63% of the high-danger uh, scoring chances for, and 100% of the high-danger actual goals for. This all comes courtesy of Natural Stat Trick. Um, just, he's on another level right now, playing like a player who just signed that new contract or a contract that just kicked in this year, six years, what, 4.4 million per year. And a lot of that has to do, man, with, wow, playing with Marcus Pedersen. It's almost like that pair works. Going back to Mike Matheson would have been a mistake. And they just, these two players just get each other. You know, I, I, I go back to that goal again that we saw in Dallas, you know, he trusts Pedersen enough to cover for him at the blue line, right? He stays down low, buries that, you know, Brock McGinn slap shot rebound. That's just something that we didn't see last year because, you know, he was always covering for a Mike Matheson error in the off, in the offensive zone. So just what have you seen from Marino this year? Because it, honestly, he's playing like their best defenseman outside of Crystal Tang right now. Yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. Um, the returns thus far have been extremely encouraging. And I had this thought before we started recording. Obviously, it's on a much smaller, watered-down scale. But what the, the, the partnership and marriage between Marcus Patterson and John Marino reminds me so much of what the Rangers have in Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. Um, you know, where... You know, like, let's be honest, Adam Fox wasn't really that amazing until he was paired with Ryan Linder. They, they had to find the proper defensive partner for him. He was going to be awesome no matter what, but I will say, yeah. you know, the fact that they found him for him is just, that puts it over the top. It took him to another level. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, we're at a point now where we need, we needed John Marino to find that other level, Um, you know. I love Chris Letang. I think that he's looked okay this year, but, you know, he's kind of just looked there. Like, he just looks like he's present in a sense. Um, See, that's interesting just because I have, like, kind of an opposite take, I guess. I just feel like, you know, with maybe the eye test hasn't matched the underlying numbers that I've looked at because it looks like there's not five defensemen who are at his level in both zones. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, they, they don't, tell you what what you're seeing so it's definitely um a mix mash with what i'm seeing versus i think what other people are saying are saying if that's if that's the case and the numbers look like that he needs to, he needs to just keep doing what he's doing yeah but um i mean like i was i, ha- I had a uh, little conversation with danny shirey yesterday about this and i said to him i'm like he just he seems like he's just like kind of there like just doing his thing. Like I haven't seen anything like I test wise spectacular um, in a good way or in a bad way, which it's a good thing, but like for your number, for your number one defenseman and your franchise defenseman, you you're expecting a lot more pop. I feel, you know, if we were talking about the evaluation of like a Chad Ruedel or a Mark Friedman, we're having a completely different conversation in terms of just like, Oh, that player just looks like he's present and doing a show, you know? Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. I just, you know, I've loved that Pedersen Marino pairing. It's not just a shot suppression pairing. They can throw that they can throw that pair out there to do that if they want. 
but yeah. they want more offense out of them, especially Marino. You know, that's the, been the biggest knock on him so far, I think, as an NHL player. You know mm-hmm. what you're going to get from him in the defensive zone. He's going to clog it up. You're not going to get a lot of high danger chances going the other way or even a lot of regular scoring chances the other way, but we want to see that other part of his game come out. You know, we all know how great Chris Letang is in the offensive zone. He also backs it up with his great defensive play yes. the other yeah. way as well. For John Marino, I, I, you know, he's not going to be Chris Letang. I'm not asking him to be Chris Letang. For him to be that, he'd have to be the best franchi- defenseman in franchise history. That's just not, you know, you don't, that kind of player doesn't grow on trees. You know, we've seen that obviously with Tanger here. But um, if he can just drive a little more offense, um, I think, you know, that would go a long way. Um, but there's a player that I haven't really talked on too much this season so far, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Is Brian Dumoulin looking a step slow to you this year, or is it just me? I don't know. Like, I've kind of seen a little bit of what you're saying here. Um, I just think, you know, I think it's early in the year. Um, you know, I said the same thing about Latang. You know, it's early. Mm. I think that some of these guys need a little bit to get their legs going. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not trying to start a narrative or anything, but that that might be potentially what it is. And you know, I mean, in my this is just this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I would I would prefer them to curb the minutes of Jumlin and Latang just like a little bit, like a very tiny bit, if it's uh, benefits the betterment of the team. I think that the Marino, the Pedersen Marino pairing could take on a little bit more in a sense and, you know, kind of help um, Dumoulin and Latang especially transition into a time period where they can kind of just do their thing and not have to like run the show in a sense. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense, you know, for, for sure. Um, I definitely think they could take some minutes away from them so that, you know, Latang's not out there 30 minutes a night like he used to be. Um, I think that would, you know, it's just, he's too old for that. Um, I think at this point, um, still have a lot more to get to though, uh, for this episode, especially, Gotta talk about your boy Kasperi Kapanen in the next segment. That is just so, so, something is going on there right now, and I don't think you and I are happy about that. Also, some other things to get to, but before that, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, you know, from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we send you amazing selection, rely below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Square Penguins. Doug, let's just get on into it, man. What's going on with Kasperi Kapanen? Um, I read Danny's article in DK Pittsburgh Sports. That was probably one of the, I think it was probably the best article he's written for all the ones I've you know read of his. Just a lot of stats in there, a lot of video, and, and a lot of those videos just looks lazy. You know, I, I hate to say that word, 
but he's just like barely skating when the puck's in the offensive zone, and especially in the defensive zone. He's just kind of gliding around, I think is the word Danny used in the article, not really doing much. You know, he's using his speed a little bit, but then, you know, in the videos that he showed, he's just stopping and then forcing a pass when his best asset is his speed, you know, to burn people, Mm -hmm. and he's not shooting the puck. You know, I saw, um, I think that was from Hockey Viz in, in his article, he has one un- unblocked shot attempt from below the the, the, uh, the circles. So that is nothing like we saw from him last year, which you know was part of why he had a 16.2% shooting percentage. It, do you think this is cause for concern right now, or do you think it's still a bit early with this? Because I think it definitely could do with him not playing with Evgeny Malkin or Sidney Crosby. I think he needs one of those centers to drive him up a little bit. But the mm. early returns so far have been bad, especially going into a contract year. It's it's very discouraging just because of how good he looked in the preseason. Yes. Um, you know, like, I mean, you can probably attest to this. He looked like a potential 30-goal scorer in the preseason, Hunter. Um, he looked like, you know, in a lot of ways, he reminded me of what the Penguins used to have in Phil Kessel, um, where it's just like an offensive one-trick pony but has an amazing shot and great speed. Um, you know, but I, I kind of, I, I, I'm agreeing with what you say, what, with what you're saying, when you say he needs to play with a legitimate center, no knock on Evan Rodriguez. If you look at the numbers, the dude has just killed it and ran with the opportunity he's been given. But, um, I think the moment that he's able to get minutes with either Sid or Jeff Carter, we're gonna tr- we're gonna slowly see the offensive game trickle back in, um, you know. And again, I, I feel like Kapanen's one of those guys. Like, it just takes a little bit for him to get going um, in the early in the regular season. Um, you know, especially like last year, you got to think he didn't have a full like right. opening regular season with the team because he had that visa issue and he missed like the first, like I'm going to say like four or five games and they had to get his conditioning back up and stuff like that. But um, I think the moment he gets minutes with Jeff Carter, he's going to get back to normal. Um, I'm not expecting him to play with Sid. I think if they're going to replace rust, from that injury, it's going to be with Dan Hyden, um, in my opinion, at least. But I think once you get that Zucker Carter Kapanen line reunited, that was so good in a, a very small sample size last season, mm-hmm. I think you're going to get Cappy's offense back. And I mean, the defensive game, we all know it's not really there. He's just kind of, he just kind of exists. He kind of exists defensively. He's just there. The fact that the Maple Leafs used him as a penalty killer. Um, it's nothing short of hilarious. What? It's nothing short of hilarious that they did that, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost as funny as them using Zach Hyman as a center on the penalty kill. <laughs> you know? It's nuts. Yeah. And it just – I agree. You know, as soon as Sid comes back, I have to think that they're going to elevate him up that line. I think it just makes the most sense. Um, it's just, you know, he's one of their best players. Again, he's going into a contract year. And if he wants to stay here, he's going to need to start producing ASAP. Just because, you know, especially, and it's going to be interesting because I don't even know if the Penguins are going to have the salary cap space to pay him after this year just because they have two other big pending free agents that I think are a bit more important, to say the least, 
Um, I'd say three. I'd throw Rust in there too. Yeah, I would say he's more important than Captain as well. He's yeah. he's more than earned himself a part of be, as being called part of the core now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, Doug, we got the road ahead here. Maple Leaf Saturday, Lightning on Tuesday for a little rematch. Calgary comes to town next Thursday. New Jersey on Saturday before Halloween. Thursday, November fourth. So they have a five day break after that. They play Philadelphia. Then they have Minnesota before going on the road. Um, I think a lot of winnable games in there for the Penguins. I think they can beat Toronto. Hopefully they can get Sid back for that Tampa game. Calgary, I think, is a winnable game. New Jersey, I don't really think is that good. I don't even think they'll have Jack Hughes for that game, to be honest. Philadelphia's no, they, I think he's out for a while. Philadelphia's winnable. Minnesota's winnable if they also get some of these healthy bodies back. Um, but it's, it's shaping itself up here to be, this team to be banking some points, especially with that eight-game homestand. They're usually one of the best teams at home in the regular season. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the team before we wrap us up? Anything else that's, you know, stood out to you this season? I mean, I feel like we need to just touch on Danton Heinen real quick. Three goals um, already. Seven more till I get my cockeye barbecue. Buddy, speaking of bets, I've won over $300 betting on Danton Heinen to score goals. Um it's free money. This season. Yeah, it was – I took him in the Tampa game. My odds were super high, and then I hit big, and I just kept hitting, hitting, hitting. And honestly, though, like, nobody expected this coming from him. Um, you know, when they signed him from Anaheim, people were treating it like, oh, he's just going to be a defensive forward. They Like, people thought they were going to put him on the blooper line, I thought. Um, and now it's like – there's part of me that wants him on that top line over Brian Rust once everything shakes out and people come back because, you know, that makes the team look deeper on paper. It sets up for Kapanen to go down to the third line, um, which is something that I've always wanted. And, you know, I mean, he's he's going to score 20 goals, right? Yeah. I, I, well, get it's pretty gonna damn close. close to I think it. it's going to be at least 15, in my opinion. Yeah. He's been awesome. Yeah, yeah no, I, I just, you know, his shot is awesome. I really do think that. And, you know, he's already, we're already almost halfway through what he had last season with the Ducks. He finished with seven goals and 14 points. So the the weight transfer thing with the leg kick. Yes. Is I like watching Danny break that down on film. Shout out to Danny again. Um, watching that him break that down on film. It's honestly like, it's mesmerizing to watch. Like I, I didn't realize that, um, you know, the only time I saw like big, you know, and when you think of big leg kick as somebody from Pittsburgh, you think of Jung Ho Gung with the leg, leg load up whenever he played for the pirates. I mean, dude, like that, what he does there is nasty because he's able to just pick corners at that point. You know, he has such good control of his shot. And, you know, I think that's massive, especially for somebody who has prospects to potentially play on a line with Sidney Crosby. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they'll put him with Sid. I think, you know, with injuries, they, they might ha- be forced to. And this yeah. team is, you know, we've seen already with so many injuries this year. Um, but I definitely think he could be in a top six role when everyone comes back, God willing, to say the least. Um but, you know, overall, you know, I've liked his performance. You know, I've liked Brock McGinnis starting to heat up, our good friend of both of our podcasts. Those last two games have been much better. Uh, I will say yes. that. You know, those first two games was a struggle. I saw some people calling out the contract. A little too early, I think, for that. But 
these last two um, definitely playing like the player that we all thought he would to start the season. Already has a goal. Almost had a couple goals against Dallas. Um, it was it's been a night and day performance, I think, from Brock. And then Drew O'Connor as well, Doug. Um, last couple of games, I think, are showing that he has the potential to be in the lineup full time. Yeah. Um, whenever everybody comes back, um, it's going to be a showdown between him and Dom Simone for who gets that last spot I would to think, be in that I lineup full time. So. It's going to be one of the two. And you know what? I don't care which one it is. They're both. Neither do I. Uh, they're both great players. I really. If that's who you're splitting hairs about for your last forward spot, I don't really. You're, you're killing you're, it. You're in a good shape. You're you're in really, really good shape. Um, yeah. I, I, um, think, I think that might do it for this one, Doug. If you have anything else to add, um, and also if you want to plug some stuff in, you know what's going on with the four checking TV uh, coming up. All right. So we got some interesting stuff coming up with four checking TV. Next week, um, tentatively, depending on scheduling for both parties, um, we should have Danny Shirey from DK Pittsburgh Sports back on with us awesome. to talk some hockey talk. Probably, we're going to talk a lot of John Marino. Um, we're going to talk a lot about Chris Letang as well. And, um, you know, beyond that, it's just a week-by-week basis. Um, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Gladkey. And follow Four Checking TV on Twitter at Four Checking TV. Go follow him on both those accounts, please. Doug does a great job with his show. He also, I believe, just had Jesse on very recently. So go check out that episode. Um, appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm glad we were able to do this. And we will have another episode tomorrow doing a full preview on the Penguins Leafs matchup, which will be on Saturday night on NHL Network. So I will catch you all then. <laughs>